and welcome to a nocturnally snacky episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I have lost some weight. And with me today is weight loss wonderkin. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Weigel. <laughs> I don't know. I've always wanted to be a wonderkin. A wonderkin of a some kind. Wonderkin. Yeah. Hi, he's lost weight too. I have lost some weight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More like a vague episode of yeah. We Only Look Thin. Yeah. Lost some weight. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I've lost about 100 pounds. Congratulations. And you've lost about 150 pounds. Yay! Yay! Someone, and we're here to tell you about it. Someone uh, commented that when you start the episode, you start with, We only look thin. And I start with, We only look thin. And they wondered what the difference was. I don't know. I just like. <laughs> Well, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Sorry, I have had so much coffee. So many coffee. I am full of the coffee beans. Uh, and you're moving the microphone stand while you talk into the Oh, mic. wow. <laughs> Should we start from the beginning? No, no, no. I think we'll leave it in now. Okay. No, I've had a lot of coffee. But a we, lot of coffee. We need to uh, keep it short and sweet, which is something we usually don't do. So, uh, But it's Halloween week, so short and sweet things are happening this week. Man, I like how you did that. I'm glad you like it. Um, yeah, that was good. But stuff. we also we have a we have a thing, so we have to keep it short. So I'm just going to keep saying that we have to keep it short. Yeah, to make you're going to keep repeating that that we have to keep it short so that we make it longer. It, I am, I do, and uh, so we're going to start out. We're we're going to talk about nighttime snacking. Nighttime eating. eating is the subject for today, folks. So buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, sometimes, do you ever sit down on the couch and think you need to put on your seatbelt? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do that at movie theaters. I yeah. do that at work in my chair. And yeah. there's no seatbelt. So there buckle is. up, everybody. Buckle Wherever up. you are. Exactly. Uh, so, but first, we're going to start out with a tip of the week. Tow! And then we'll uh, polish it off with a product of the week. Tow! everybody. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to start out, and we're going to do that. And uh, do you want to start out with the tip of the week, or do you want me to start out with the tip of the week? Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. Tow. Tow. Um, so I really have had a lot of coffee. <laughs> but you're getting- This we is actually, a caffeine-fueled episode. We almost didn't record a podcast today because, uh, truth be told, I have- uh, It is uh, 10 a.m., I have like 700 steps right now, and I had to choose between imparting wisdom upon our fine listeners or podcasting, and podcasting one out. Is it a loophole? I do not know. Yeah, but it could we're, be. Uh, we're delivering uh, the the sweet treat of our fine voices to you, fine listeners. Yeah, um, so we're sacrificing our steps <laughs> to help you people. But it's hard. <laughs> it's like there are times when I, I am conflicted because I want to yeah. meal prep. I want to uh, putter around. I want to uh, watch football. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to Costco and just wander and see where my 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 snacks take me. But yeah. um, just follow around and snack all that stuff. Sample yeah. everything. Oh, anyway. So, uh, so we're going to start out with the tip of the week. Tip of the week. Tip to of you. the week to you. Ciao, so, uh, everybody. In many parts of the world, uh, it is the week of Halloween. Ooh. Ooh, Halloween week. Ooh, Ooh very spooky. Yeah, that was very really spooky. good. You sounded like Count Floyd. Thank you. Um, so our tip of the week is Halloween is coming. That's not a tip. That's just a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah, look at your calendars. It's there. Yeah. Uh, you can't stop it. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop Halloween. So here's the tip. On November 1st, yeah, which is in the future from now, if that's you're listening. That's the day after now. Halloween. That's the day after. Typically, that's the day after Halloween. Uh, on on our calendars, it's the day after Halloween. Throw out the candy. Yeah. Whatever candy you have, throw Whatever it out. Whatever is left over, like, don't worry about, like, the starving children in China who can't have it, like, just, just throw, throw it, it out. Away. You don't need to take it to work. Yeah. You don't need to take it to childcare. You don't no. need to put it in your car. You don't need to save it. You don't need to portion it out. Get rid of it. Because 
honestly, it is a loophole. If you're being honest with yourself, yeah. is what I mean to say. Uh, it's a loophole. You're trying to keep it around so that you can uh, eat all of it and eat all of it in short order. Yeah. Uh, if you're really being honest with yourself. Well, and don't be like, oh, well, I don't want to waste the money. You know, you've wasted money on many, many other things and you haven't blinked twice. You've How much broccoli have you thrown away? Like, yeah. you're not crying over November yeah, no. 1st broccoli. No, you're not like negotiating with yourself over keeping the broccoli. No, no, no. You just throw it out. So get rid of the candy. Enjoy it on Halloween. Get rid of it on November 1st. It's like, do you do you get best use out of your Halloween costume by wearing it on November 1st because you want to get your money's worth? No, you don't. No, you, you do not. No, you don't do that because only crazy people dress up on November 1st. That is uh, that is the sign of maybe- Or cosplayers. Or cosplayers. <laughs> if there's a, <laughs> to if our there's fine a, listeners who are if cosplayers. If there's a convention on November 1st, we don't think you're crazy people. Yeah, just because our daughter actually wears a, a cape on other days of the year, which she actually does. She does. She does on, uh, yeah. on like- school spirit day she'll wear like a cape and yeah. <laughs> which isn't she's like i just want to wear my black trench cape thing. yeah so for anyway sure. uh so throw out the candy you know it i know it you don't need november pour bleach candy. on it set it on fire <laughs> in a safe manner now that's the product of the week <laughs> get that out of the house yeah, get you it out. don't need it you don't need it so that is our tip of the week Tip of the week to Tip you. Tip of the week to you. Tow. So uh, we are going to briskly move on at a fast, uh, almost almost neck breaking pace. You're really on... stressing me out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee, so this is the episode you get if you want your episodes in a timely fashion. Uh, wow, <laughs> so hostile to our listeners. I love our listeners. Listen, I'm going to give you as much information as it requires. I don't care how long it takes. Everyone, uh-huh. Catherine's going to try and drive this train <laughs> over the cliff. I love how I want to impart wisdom, but I also want to diverge and just over-explain what we're going to talk about. I think that's fun. Yeah. Especially with all the caffeine I've had. Did I tell you I've had caffeine today? You might have mentioned it. <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, so this is actually, let's let's get serious here. Um, nighttime eating and nighttime snacking, nighttime binging is a big issue for many listeners. Yeah, uh, including and- yours truly. Am I yours truly or are you yours truly? I'm yours truly. Oh, you are mine truly. Yeah. Um, nighttime eating and snacking is a difficult situation for many. And it can lead – we found lots of research showing that um, nighttime snacking actually leads to weight gain. Did you know that? Uh, it's, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Uh, but we No, were, that, that happens for sure. It does. But we have a few different opinions on this, and it's not – this isn't a, a one solution fits all. Yeah. In in fairness, there are lots of studies which show that eating late at night is, is not great for overall health, and um, it's really difficult to, um, to do that and maintain weight. However, and and look, the definition of late at night in air quotes is also something that is uh, up for grabs because I'm somebody, and that's part of my my tips for this whole thing is I'm somebody who is typically like lights out by 10 p.m. I'm yeah. generally in bed by 9:30, like sometimes earlier, and lights out by 10. And that is actually one of the things that I suggest you do for this. But um, so I though lost my hundred pounds and I did lots and lots of experimenting with this. And I found that it's actually easier for me when I saved a lot of calories for later in the day. But, um, that may not be what works for everyone. But we were joking about it before the podcast started. If you think of your weight loss journey as picking a major in college, if you are an early eater yeah. and a fast food eater and a work eater and a compulsive eater and an emotional eater and a nighttime eater. Yeah, this is not a liberal arts school where you can major in all of those all things. All of those things. Pick your major. Donald's major is eating snacks late at night, but that means he abstains early in the day. And by late at night, again, we mean close <laughs> to o'clock. bedtime. Close to bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not actually late at night. We uh, went to a party last night and... uh I don't think I need a Cinderella pumpkin to turn into a pumpkin at a certain time. Like at at nine o'clock, I was like, I am done with the party. It is time to leave. But deciding 
what food is important to you and what time of day food is important to you. Like I like eating later at night, but it does mean that I have to eat less in the daytime. And if you're someone who literally, you know, eats snacks at work, goes out for a big lunch at work, gets takeout after work, or if if you're at home, eats off your kid's plate, whatever. Yeah, which if, used to be me. Right. If you're doing all of it, you're going to gain weight. Donald has decided that coming home and having treats late at night is kind of his capstone to the day. And he looks forward to it. And he abstains from myriad snacks at work. I mean, he yeah. gets, you know, we've talked about a beignet trucks crepe trucks anything in a truck with food he has abstained from it yeah we had a burger truck on set at like six o'clock on friday that i didn't have any of so um if we're diving into the uh the snacky middle of uh of this it has been shown studies have shown uh in uh, the atomic habits book by james clear i just like name dropping yeah james yeah clear. friend of the show friend james the show, clear is that our impulse control wanes the longer the day goes on. Everybody wakes up with a great intention. You feel strong, you feel empowered, you feel focused, you come up with a plan for your day. And as you go through your day, decision fatigue can set in. You are making decisions all day long about when to move, how much to eat, what to do. And by the time you get to your end of end of the day, you're tired. You, yeah. you put in a lot of work. You want that like end of day, like, oh, I just, you know, I've been through so much today. But you, your impulse control actually reduces by the time you get to the end of your day. You know, and I think everyone has experienced this or, you know, I know I certainly have. It's like I wake up during the, you know, in the morning with the best of intentions and I feel like super solid and I'm able to stick to all of my goals, you know, during through the first half, three quarters of the day. And then suddenly, like, I start losing my resolve and it just dissipates over time. Um, And, you know, that is part of why people eat late at night. Well, and two, I mean, if, if you think about it, and so much of our days are structured, and I do much better in a structured day. Yesterday was not a structured day, and it, uh, I, the scale has proven that point today. <laughs> um, but the more we can put in place and the more, you know, uh, boundaries we put on our eating habits and the more structure we present ourselves, the fewer decisions we have to make. And it takes the pressure off of us because who makes nine o'clock at night broccoli decisions? Like you're not, right. you're, you know, you're not sitting on the couch and be like, oh my gosh, steamed broccoli, everybody. You're going for the sweet, salty, fat kind of comfort foods. And that's because, I mean, it, obviously it, it tastes delicious, but we're not making healthful choices at night. We're making indulgent choices because we feel like we've done so much during the day. We've taken on so many responsibilities. We've gotten so many things done or we're so overwhelmed that we feel like it's that release. It's that end of the day treat that we deserve to treat ourselves. But it can lead to a lot of self-sabotage if you're not careful. Yeah. And look, before we go any further, I wanted to make clear that um, we're not really talking about binge eating disorder right now, which is when you you sit down late at night and and you just like eat a super large quantity of food and you know feel like you're out of control that is a very serious um issue and you probably need to seek professional help to get over that um uh and I'm also not talking about nighttime eating disorder which is a different thing too where you find yourself grazing and grazing at night that is another issue where a podcast is probably not going to help yeah our snarky coffee fueled podcast <laughs> is not going to do the trick you know but if you find yourself uh doing a lot of your your snacking your dessert eating and you you know find yourself negotiating with yourself and going over your calories late at night like this is you know what Catherine and I have done uh, to try and get over those things. Um, and the the first thing that I would suggest is to try and identify the cause of, uh, of what's happening. Um, what is, you know, let's say you have a lot of resolve during the day and you end up late at night, you're consistently giving in to something, um, you know, and one of the things you can do is try and take, keep a journal. Um, keep a record of how you were feeling, what you ate that day, what was going on, and try and pinpoint what it was that 
uh, triggered you to start the the late night eating that wasn't in your plan. Well, and two, I think that there is there are two kinds of late night eating. There's uh, the secret eating that one does either in the company of others, like your family is in the living room and they're stressing you out. And so you go into yeah. the kitchen and you start secret eating. And then there's also the you're alone and you're, you know, no one else is around to see you do it and you're lonely or you're bored and then you eat that way. Or you have worse, you have a spouse who's, or, you know, uh, uh, someone that you, you share your home with who can eat whatever they want and don't seem to gain weight. And they're yeah. eating a, you know, a bag of nachos. Do, do nachos come in bags? Sure. Um, you know, in a my, bag of in hot my dream cheese. world, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got someone else, you know, you're in a community of people who are eating lots of treats and you want to be able to eat treats along with them. So understanding your circumstance. I'm imagining like a like a nacho situation where you like microwave the cheese and then you have the chips and you throw them the in the bag, bag and you shake it up like with <laughs> microwave popcorn or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shake and bake nachos. <laughs> Maybe that's our product of the week. Product of the week, shake and bake nachos, brought to you from Walt. Walt, (laughs) yeah. Um, But are you by yourself eating? Are you with others eating? Are you secret eating? Figure out the kind of eating that you're doing. Um, Identifying your triggers. Maybe, like you said, maybe it is someone else's eating treats and you feel like you deserve it. Um, Maybe people are stressing you out and you're eating. Or maybe food just tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, maybe you're just bored, like Catherine said. And if that's the case, um, you need to come up with some hobbies, something to distract you at night. Um, you know, try saving some exercise at night. Try, you know, taking up a hobby to where you're, you know, keeping your mind occupied in instead of just like, well, I got nothing else to do. I might as well go eat some stuff in the kitchen. Well, for sure. I mean, I definitely this happened to me Thursday night. It, it, your space and your environment determines your behavior. If you are in bed reading a book, you are not necessarily near the kitchen. If you're taking a shower, um, I think a bag of shake and bake nachos is not going in the shower <laughs> with you. But I, on Friday night, Donald was working late. I wanted to be a good wife and I wanted to clean the kitchen yeah. before Donald came home. I want to be a good wife and come <laughs> home to a nice clean kitchen so yeah. he can do his nighttime snacking. <laughs> I like to do my nighttime snacking in a clean environment. <laughs> but I uh, I loopholed myself into doing dishes at 8 o'clock at night, very close to the jar of mallow cream pumpkin treats that are Uh-oh. only decorative. Uh-oh. I might have eaten eight of them. Oh, boy. I might have done that. And you don't even really like them that much. I don't much. even really like them that much, but they're sitting yeah. there. Uh, they're going to go rotten if yeah. I don't eat them. I don't know why I said rotten like that. <laughs> but I went into the kitchen knowing full well that putting myself in the kitchen in the evening, not a great idea for me. Um, And knowing yourself, like if you say, okay, well, I'm going to make my lunch for tomorrow in the kitchen at eight o'clock at night with all of the snacks. And then that leads to you eating nighttime chips that weren't planned because you want to be a good person and make your lunch for the next day. Don't make your lunch at eight o'clock at night. If it's going to lead to you, you know, dipping into uh, to the chips or whatever you have planned for the next day. Don't use your like, well, I have to dot, dot, dot as an excuse to eat because that's definitely what I did. Yeah, which is one of my tips is to use a routine. And this may take a lot, a lot of practice. Um, You know, treat it like a science experiment to figure out what works for you. But um, put yourself into a routine. You know, if that routine involves you doing all of your meal prep in the morning, um and uh then do that and then you find that that makes it easier for you right. like you're not in the kitchen doing your meal prep at night for example right because i mean if we're i mean donald and i get up not to time drop but we we get up at about 4 30 in the morning these yeah, days most days which is why we're in bed at like seven o'clock at night <laughs> that's part of it <laughs> like the amish fine right. folk right uh, who aren't listening to this podcast they don't because they don't have electricity um but <laughs> If you are triggered by gotta prepping, we got to crack that Amish weight loss market. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure a way in. We're going to transcript these and mail right. them out. Really, that's our target market is the uh, the uh, obliger Amish. We, we got to take this podcast to the next level. Transcripts. <laughs> so, if nighttime food tr- prep triggers you, 
make it a morning activity. You have to be a champion of your choices and understanding that if nighttime kitchen uh, time is triggering for you, you need to do it in the morning. Yeah. And planning all of your food. Um, this is something That's that, one. you know, this one was, was and has been the key t- for me. It's I have a routine and you don't necessarily have to go as, you know, literally like a step-by-step plan like I do, but it is what worked for me. I plan exactly not only what I'm going to eat, but exactly what time I'm going to eat it. But that's a bummer, Donald. I know. It's a bummer and it's work, but it is what I have to do in order to maintain my weight loss. And it was what I had to do to get where I am. I have, and this won't work for everyone, but I have, after a lot of experimenting, figured out that if I don't eat in the morning and save my calories for the afternoon, I tend to have a much better day. And this may not work for everybody, but um, I typically don't start eating until about 2 p.m. every day. Uh, But then I plan every single hour after that, I eat something. I eat uh, I have a three o'clock snack, a four o'clock snack, like I eat my lunch at two, all the way through till dinner time, and then to bed, uh, which is like we said, typically around nine, nine thirty. And I have all of those calories planned throughout the day. And it, I don't allow myself to get super hungry because I'm eating something at least once an hour. Well, and uh, Dr. Yanni Friedhoff, author of The Diet Fix, I don't know if he's a friend of the show yet. Uh, he hasn't liked any of my Instagram posts. So he's, he's a acquaintance of the show, acquaintance shall we say? Acquaintance of the show, yeah. Yanni Friedhoff talks about eating at, you know, I think he gives three-hour intervals, if not um, if not more, but Donald eats much more frequently. Having protein at each meal and snack can really help you not get over-hungry at night. And it's something that I'm experimenting with right now. When I was losing weight, I actually didn't do any kind of intermittent fasting window at all. Donald did. Um, But know yourself. Each, you know, we have millions upon millions of listeners. Yeah, and by intermittent, yeah, millions and millions. By intermittent fasting, I I don't follow the typical intermittent fasting. It's just sort of, you know, I sort of stumbled into it. Um, and I just, I don't eat from, you know, the time I go to sleep, obviously. Until, he skips breakfast. <laughs> until two in the afternoon. Yeah, that's the the more simple thing. But for you, it might be you start eating when you get up and you're eating protein in the morning and you're then eating at regular intervals so that you don't feel deprived at night, so that you don't feel super hungry at night. But eating at regular intervals um, does seem to be a real key, at least for me and for a lot of people online. Well, and there are many studies that show that people who skip breakfast actually tend to be nighttime bingers. There were many, many, many studies that showed that if you don't eat in the morning, you tend to overeat at night. Donald has chosen his major, and his major is snacks (laughs) after 8 p.m., but that is a conscious choice that he has made, and he moderates, obviously, or he abstains from food in the morning, but Think about the kind of person you are. Are you getting up and getting gas station breakfast sandwich in the morning? Are you then also indulging at work? Are you then also indulging on the way home and then also eating at night? If you are so out of whack that you're just constantly eating, deciding what is important to you. You know what? I am never going to make, you know, miss my breakfast sandwich from McDonald's. That is my cornerstone habit. <laughs> and I am not, you know, you can pry it out of my cold, dead hands. Yeah. Like for me, coffee with cream in the morning. As You've you can- got your McDonald's breakfast sandwich in one hand and your gun in the other and you'll have to pry both of them out of your cold dead hand oh boy that's a whole other story all right sorry you were starting to talk about coffee no but you can't have it all yeah you can have it all like in the course of a week but not every day every hour donald has chosen late night sweets as his indulgence but if you're also choosing morning and work and you know all of the treats all of the time you're going to be up on the scale yeah the sad truth is like there is no easy magical quick fix like you're going to have to give up something you're going to have to do some work to make it happen and you have to really want to do it effort yeah exactly 
Exactly. But um, what, what Catherine was saying, like in terms of late night snacks, what what I do is I don't eat anything, you know, in air quotes, triggery. Um, that is what I consider a snack or a treat until I know I'm within yeah. sight of bedtime. Like thinking about bedtime, like all day is a race and thinking about bedtime as the finish line. Like if I know I'm going to bed around nine or nine thirty, I typically don't eat anything that feels like a snack, uh, you know, chips or you know what snacks are. <laughs> I don't have to start <laughs> We're naming We're going to start snacks. naming um, you know, I don't Your eat bugles. those until about 8 p.m., uh, 7.30, p.m., definitely until after I've had my dinner. And so I know that if I if I start, I can't do too much damage. Um, and I've already planned, you know, how many calories I'm going to have for these snacks, too. And I cut myself off when I hit that goal. Well, and, too, I think people, you know, people talk about meal prepping. But nobody, nobody, not one person. I've done no research, but nobody <laughs> talks about snack prep. Yeah. So what if you actually prepped your evening snacks? Uh, they have these these great little portioned out dinner, lunch containers. Um, what if you put little snacks in those and prepped them for the evening so that you, you're not just going in for the in, entire bag of, uh, you know, shake and bake nachos. Yeah. You actually set aside a pre-portioned amount and also pumping up the vo- pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. So you, love, you love to have your, uh, your little Snickers bar at the end of the day. What if you paired it with a giant bowl of strawberries? Because you can eat, I can eat, you, me, I can eat a Snickers bar, a mini Snickers bar in five seconds. Yeah. But if you pair it with strawberries with some low fat whipped cream on top or something like that then you're actually increasing the duration of the snack which makes it more satisfying yeah and my version of snack prep is always buying things in single serving you know uh containers the the very small like one ounce containers of chips and the the fun size you know candy bars rather than having big ones around and i buy like the mini kind bars and that kind of thing so that you know, each one is only 100 calories or 80 calories or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Well, and uh, Dawn's sister, let's call her Melissa because that's her name. <laughs> that is her name. Melissa That's gets, why we call her that. Uh, does a bag of uh, portion control popcorn, air-popped microwave popcorn. Yeah. And she just – she sprinkles a tablespoon of chocolate chips on top. It's, so she's getting the uh, the salty and the sweet and the crunchy, uh, but it's portion control. Don't knock it till you try it. No, it's delicious. But – she has the volume. Pop up the volume. Pop up, Pop the, up volume. the volume. Um, we should get a gif of Christian Slater saying that. <laughs> <laughs> For um, sure. But so you've got the volume that goes along with it. It's pre-tracked. It's pre-planned. Um, but also watch your triggers. If you're living with someone who eat who can moderate something like what Donald does, I have a very hard time moderating chocolate. So uh, knowing what foods are yours and what foods are your housemates, I try not to enter. Uh, Don- Donald has a snack drawer. I I might have spent some time in there last night and it didn't go very well. I imagine you climbing into the drawer and like swimming well. around like Scrooge McDuck in a sea of oh, coins. Yeah, but it was take five bars. But it was a sea of mini candy bars. Yeah. Um, which is one of the tips that I actually have written down here is um, to don't keep your trigger foods in the house. Yeah, don't like, bring the devil home with you. You know, some people are able to moderate and other people are not. And I used to be somebody who could not moderate. If I had any of it in the house, I would have to eat all of it. And I have taught myself over the last four years to to moderate my intake. But if you're not at that point, there was a point I did not keep any of it in the house. I did not keep any sugar. I didn't keep any chips. I didn't keep any of it in the house. And I worked that stuff back in after I had already established a routine and lost a bunch of the weight. And that is what worked for me. If you cannot control yourself against, you know, if, you know, Lorna Dunes or whatever are your thing and you eat one and you go crazy, don't keep them in the house. Well, and I think there's the don't bring the devil home with you. And then there's the three strikes you're out rule. Yeah. uh, Which I've heard is a baseball reference, but it also, it replaced the baseball with the Snickers It's bar. a criminal justice system thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's to do, don't do drugs, everybody. Yeah. Um, but 
There are different seasons of your journey in which you might be able to moderate and then others where you might need to abstain. Like during my time of the month, I definitely have to abstain from certain things. I can't moderate yet. So knowing right now how strongly you feel like, hey, you know what? That's not a trigger for me. I'm not going to have it. That could change over time. So don't assume that something that works um, you know, in the fall is going to work in the spring, depending on how your your triggers go. Um, I have been eating pumpkin mallow creams, um, <laughs> which are about 40 calories, 30, 35 calories each. Um, I thought they were just decoration. They've been decorating my mouth recently. So um, so we might have to take our own advice and throw them in the I'm trash going to before throw them Halloween. In the yeah. trash today. They were decorative, but I've been uh, indulging in them. So three strikes, you're out, mallow creams. You yeah. don't get to come in my mouth. <laughs> you know, the worst part about this is the mallow creams didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it was you, and they're, they're getting the, thrown they're in the, the trash. Victim. Yeah, they're don't, the victim in all this. Don't anthropomorphize those sad little, but I want to live here for Halloween, and this mean lady's eating me yeah okay so we've established that we should throw away the poor defenseless candies yes <laughs> and um harden our hearts to that and uh get rid of them no in all seriousness uh don't keep your uh your junk food triggers in the house no it's it's sad i'll just maybe i should just get some plastic pumpkins so that i don't eat them <laughs> and if i am eating them <laughs> then the, we have some trouble if you eat the plastic pumpkins then we're really in trouble um now, moving on, I know that Catherine mentioned this earlier, but um, one thing to do is include protein in every Put meal. Put the pro back in protein. Um, uh, one study that I found online showed that eating frequent high-protein meals reduced cravings by 60% what? and cut the desire to eat at night in half. Mm. Um, so uh, I know from personal experience and even if it's all in my head <laughs> i it it still works i know from personal experience that i am less hungry when i eat protein throughout the day yeah and even when i eat fruit i try and you know if i eat fruit with one of my snacks in the afternoon i i try and make it you know the only snack that i have without protein in it and consistently eat protein with every uh, every meal and snack. Yeah, in the Diet Fix by Yanni Friedhoff, he talks acquaintance of, of the a, show. Acquaintance of the show. Uh, let's just be honest, shall we? We don't want to <laughs> inflate our relationship with him. But um, he suggests ten grams of protein with each snack and 20 grams of protein with each meal. Now, I know I used to be very carb-heavy and actually very heavy-heavy. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> being carb-heavy led to being actually heavy. Actually heavy. But I could seriously eat three or you know, probably two to three cups of rice with dinner, which turns out is a lot of rice. Yeah. Turns out. And getting back to the, the breakfast thing, like it, I know personally, if I eat carbs in the morning, if I eat, you know, typical breakfast food, like cereal, waffles, pancakes, like that kind of thing, muffins, like I am destroyed. Well, and I am very triggered. I, there are certain things that are supposed to be like breakfast foods that I have to make dessert. Like there's the protein pancake Kodiak things which oh it's protein it's yeah. amazing yeah that is dessert for me like the protein packed uh, maple syrup pancake thing that's dessert that is not breakfast for yeah me. and this is another case of you have to be really honest with yourself yeah. if, if you're telling yourself that breakfast is the most important meal of the day but then you're having chocolate chip pancakes like that's probably not that important that you eat, you know, no. the the uh, grand slam from uh, IHOP in the morning to make sure that you're getting your your healthy breakfast. Exactly. And when I was losing weight, I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then planned out a small dessert. More recently, I have been waiting until two o'clock to eat, and I am I am actually finding I'm I am uh, vulnerable. I am open to suggestion, uh, but I have been having issues with nighttime snacking more recently. And uh, in the diet fix uh, that we're reading in Walt Place W O L T, um, because <laughs> of his suggestion of eating earlier in the day, I am actually trying. I'm doing an experiment of going back to basics and eating at more regular intervals earlier in the day, and. Uh, 
some of the research, the cold hard research on people who end up gaining weight eating late, I am working on seeing how that works for me. Uh, I know it is not true for Donald. Donald uh, is enjoying his late night. But food. what's but what's true for me right now may not be true for me for the rest of my life. Um, you know, just a few years ago, I abstain from all sugar um, and all chips, and I basically tried to avoid carbs altogether. Not altogether, but you know, because of the diabetes diagnosis, et cetera, I was trying to keep a very low sugar, low flour diet, not really doing keto. But then I was able to work those things back into my life. And I may have to, you know, at some point work them back out of my life. Some well, other health issue may come up that, you know, I'm not that that I'm not aware of yet. Um, and I may find that, you know, I am eating too much candy. Well, I'm eating too many snacks at night, and I've got to really dial that back because it's you know causing me problems. Well, and that goes back to the canary in a coal mine episode, and I think that that is maybe what I'm experiencing too. Is that like I've planned out Halo Top, but you know what? I'm gonna have a mellow cream. That's only forty calories. You know what? I should have two because that's a more like even numbers are nice. So then yeah, suddenly yeah, that's yeah. eighty calories. And I think that for me at least right now, in all honesty, I think that that is what has been happening. It's just that like I'll just have the one more tiny thing and the tiny thing, and then suddenly I'm like, how did I end up eating two hundred extra calories? I don't know. It's a mystery. So uh, for me, I am experimenting with eating earlier in the day. And just going back to the full picture of the late night snacking. It is impractical to think perhaps that you'll quit it altogether, that you'll abstain altogether. So going back to the pre-planning what you're going to have at night and sticking to it, going to plating the food instead of eating out of the bag, yeah, um, you know, creating a little Tupperware with your snacks for the evening, pre-tracking them, and moving away from the kitchen. Like, don't put yourself in the line of fire. Just don't do it. Yeah, and a couple of more things that I wanted to go over that don't necessarily seem obviously food-related, but... Um, one thing I know for me is to try and de-stress your life. Try to reduce stress if at all possible because I know that I am more likely to eat things that I don't really want to eat when I'm super stressed out. And I know that as the day goes on, as that, that resolve that we talked about sort of dissipates the longer the day goes on, um, the more stressed I am, the more likely I am to go ahead and uh, eat those things. Well, and two, I think, I mean, that could go into a whole boundaries episode. There's so many, I mean, this is, this goes deep, Donald, it goes deep. <laughs> but that decision fatigue, that feeling like you're justified in eating to compensate for all of your efforts during the day, it is a slippery slope. And it is something that I struggled with seriously when, you know, th gosh, three years ago, four years ago now. Like, I used food as a salve for my depression, for my overwhelm. And removing yourself from that and getting to the point where you're planning your treats in the morning when you are fresh, when you have, you know, a clean perspective, don't wait until eight o'clock at night to go into your kitchen and f see what you feel like having. Because what I feel like having is not steamed broccoli. Right. It's, you know what, I'm just going to grab, like, I actually did this, said I was going to have half a pint of Halo Top because that's all the calories I had for I did not portion out half of the Halo Top. I yeah. said, ah, you know what? I'll be able to moderate. Yeah, it looks like half. <laughs> sure. If you make that sound, you're lying to yourself. And that <laughs> is what I did. Um, but remove yourself from your triggers. Step away from it. Uh, if we're bringing in friend of the show, Gretchen Rubin, which I'll say she's a friend of the show. Our friend, uh, Gretchy something. Gretchy, I forget. We were calling her Sketchy something. Gretchy. Oh, Sketchy Gretchy. Yeah, no, that's probably not what we should call no, her. No, she's lovely and has changed my life. But she talks about pairing and having certain cues or signals to go along with a certain habit. So, you know... She actually mentioned because her sister has issues with uh, with nighttime snacking is is having a nighttime ritual to change your perspective. Like when you you always see those old uh, you know movies or whatever where the dad comes home to, from work in the 1950s and he puts on his slippers and his smoking yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. or whatever and he kicks his feet back. There's a a a line of demarcation between his work day and his evening. 
have a nighttime ritual where you close the kitchen. And there are apps like the intermittent fasting app that you can use where you can, you know, click a little button to say the kitchen is closed. You can reach out to uh, a, a group or even tell your family, my kitchen is closed right now. Or you can have an actual physical ritual of when I wash my face, when I put on my pajamas, when I take off my bra, which I would literally never do if I didn't have to. <laughs> um, but have a ritual where when my slippers are on, that means the kitchen is closed. When I wash my face, that means the kitchen is closed. As soon as I you know, put on my slippers, when I put on my pajamas, when I get in bed, that means the kitchen is closed. Have some sort of visual representation that you're no longer eating. Yeah, and getting back to the, uh, the reducing your stress part that I was talking about, maybe you make part of your evening routine some relaxing breathing exercises that you can find online or some light exercise or some meditation yeah. or a hot bath or some yoga or something like that. Yeah, I something mean, to like really wash away the stress of the day. Well, and two, a lot of people associate when you're identifying triggers, you know, you associate you sit down on the couch. Sitting on the couch means it's snack time. Like for me, having our rebounders out in the living room give us an opportunity to watch TV and rebound, which makes it very difficult to eat shake and bake nachos. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you keep... can shake them, but it's hard to eat. Well, them. and there are so many, somebody asked in the group the other day, like how much do these little triggers actually matter? Our cornerstone habits are steps and counting calories. Like without those, you know, putting on slippers isn't going to make you lose a hundred right. pounds. Right. Like at the end of the day, eating at a calorie deficit is what keeps us on track. All of these gimmicks, tips and tricks are just, you know, kind of like filler in for our cornerstone habits. And we have had to teach ourselves discipline, self-control, um, not, you know, coping with stress with food. There are so many factors that go into it. And if you really want to, you're going to overeat. You're going to find a way to make yourself a victim and to go in and do things that you're going to regret the next morning. And everyone knows that feeling. Me, this morning at 8 a.m., waking up, uh, we went out last night to a party. Like, I was going, oh my gosh, okay, I slept in, I didn't get in my steps, I overate last night, I had a drink. Like, waking up with regret from your evening before <laughs> yeah. sets a really and, bad... And not because you had a one-night stand or went on a no. drinking bender, but uh, just a, uh, a hummus bender instead. Yeah, I did. I had a little bit of hummus, but, you know, we all we all know how I feel about hummus. I actually had the hummus, and Don's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, what's, what's up uh, with that hummus on what, that plate? What, what are you doing with that hummus? <laughs> I was very nervous about the hummus being. On that but your evening sets the tone for the next day. If you have an evening where you feel in control, mindful, rested, you don't have heartburn, you're not, you know, uncomfortable because of, of stomach bloat, it sets the tone for the next morning. And your morning sets the tone for your day and your evening. So setting yourself up for success, having moderation, having self-control. It is a practice. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes energy. Sometimes it doesn't feel fair when you see, you know, your brother can eat, you know, an entire bag or your brother-in-law, as the case may be, can eat an entire bag of laced potato chips and keep his manly figure Um when you can't do that because you can't moderate yourself and you gain five pounds just by looking at a bag of Lay's potato chips. So be mindful. It is worth it to put in the effort to put boundaries on your evening snacks, to limit your exposure, to change your environment, to change your evening rituals so that you're setting yourself up for success, not only in your how you're setting yourself up for the next day, but on the scale. Yeah, and that leads me to the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which was one of those things that may not seem food-related, but um, turns out to be one of the most important things for me, and that is get enough sleep. Sleep. Um, and that means going to bed earlier than I used to. I used to be somebody who was constantly up till 11 p.m., midnight, um, watching Seinfeld reruns, like whatever. And I have now become somebody who is, as I've mentioned many times in this episode, I'm in bed at 9, 9.30, lights out by 10, um, you know, waking up at 4.30, 5 in the morning to make sure I get my walk in, my morning ritual. But 
getting enough sleep is crucial because if you're tired, if you're super exhausted all the time, it is much harder to resist the urge to eat throughout the day, let alone eating at night. For sure. And it is a mindset shift. We used to see evenings as our time, like, oh, I had a hard day at work. Oh, you know, our daughter is finally asleep. This is our time to unwind. But now 4.30 a.m. is our time to unwind where we drink coffee and we watch, you know, we rebound and we watch Netflix shows with curse words. And it, (laughs) but it, it matters that change up of the routine because we could stay up late and play Candy Crush and eat snacks like we used to. But we have made a conscious decision to change our mindset. Yeah, we would have to give up that morning exercise time. And we both know that that will lead to weight gain rather than keeping the weight off. For sure. So I'm sure there are, uh, we could talk for six more hours about different tips and tricks to avoid your nighttime eating habits. Yeah, we said this would be a quick episode and we lied. We're unreliable narrators. Exactly. Um, But find ways to be conscious of your choices. Don't be a victim of your circumstance. Don't tell yourself there's nothing I can do. If you find yourself saying that there's nothing you can do, send us an email. Let us know, like, Catherine, I can't, how do I get out of this? I don't know how to do it. There is a way to figure out. Yeah, definitely write to Catherine. (laughs) We only look thin (laughs) at gmail.com. But like, honestly, there's so many times when people send us a message and say like, well, I don't know what to do. And the answer is usually the opposite of whatever it is you're doing. And we still have to do that for ourselves. We uh, we have some tough conversations uh, between the two of us. We talk when we're not just on the uh, the podcast. And it's hard to confront change. It's, hard. it's harder to talk without microphones in front of us now, but we still manage it. We do. Sometimes I just pick up the microphone and talk to them as though, or I say it's for the podcast. Like, you know, I was thinking about the podcast and uh, and... Yeah, but what I really want to do is talk to you about how terrible you are at XYZ thing. That's how it usually goes. No, it's it's mostly me. I'm uh, I'm oh, I was looking around our living room and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it is such a mess." And then I was like, "Donald hasn't really been home in a week, and all of this mess is my mess." <laughs> because I was at work. He was at work. So, um so just be really honest with yourself. Be open to the discomfort of change. Um, if you keep doing the same thing, you are going to get the same results. I know people who keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and it is so hard to see people not evolve and not pick a major and not decide what their indulgence is going to be. If you're eating late at night and you're getting takeout and you're eating free food at work and you're eating off your kid's plate and you're like, and, and, and yeah, pick a major. Yeah. Pick the one that you feel is important and stick with that. Stop being a liberal arts major in your mouth. And that is uh, where we're going to end this. And I think that brings us to our product of the week. Pow, everybody. Pow, this is a Fleetwood Mac uh, product (laughs) of the week. Is it Fleetwood Mac? Uh, Yeah, that song's been stuck in my head now ever since you brought this up. Oh, it's no good. Um, I'm not going to sing the song. Because if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy. Now you've done it. Now you know what the product of the week is. Pow! Kind of. <laughs> it's Fleetwood. It is not Stevie Nicks. No. Um, she's a witchy woman. Do you remember on, uh, what is it, American? You're not going to tell people what the product of okay, the week is, I'll are stop. you? Okay, I'll stop. I'm not a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, I like Lindsey Buckingham, though. And that's another product of the week. <laughs> wow. I can say whatever And I that was the product of the week, everyone. Yeah. No, um, there is an app. Everyone's trying to find ways to stay present in their habits and accountable. And a friend of the show, Gretchen Rubin, brought up a uh, an app called Don't Break the Chain. Don't Break the Chain. And um, if you know something about Fleetwood Mac, now you know what that has to do with yeah. Fleetwood so, Mac. So uh, James Clear actually talks about habits being a chain that you add link by link by link. You're building a habit. And uh, the the app Don't Break the Chain or on Android, what yeah, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a completely different app but very similar called My Chain on Android because Don't Break the Chain appears to only be available on uh, Apple on iPhones. But basically, it's a simple app where you it, it's a calendar app. You can check off the days and sort of link by link have a chain of a habit. Uh, the free version of Don't Break the Chain gives you one habit to follow. So perhaps that's tracking your evening indulgences or closing the kitchen at 8 o'clock. Pick a single habit. Yeah, 
you're tying it back into our main episode. See, it all, it all yeah. ties together. Nicely um, done. But say your habit is close the kitchen at 8 p.m., just hard and fast. You can open the app, click the little uh, the date, and you get a little link in your chain. And then the, the habit is to not break the chain and the, the momentum that you get from seeing that repetitive action over and over and over again. The paid version, I think, is $3.99, and then you can add uh, a bunch of different habits and different colors. But if you just need an extra little boost of a way to stay accountable, whether you're using uh, a paper habit tracker, whether you're giving stickers to yourself, or whether you're using an app, don't break the chain. Don't break the chain. Um, so it is just another uh, way to to add dimension to your habits. So that is our uh, that is our product of the week. Pow, pow, Lindsay Buckingham, pow. <laughs> <laughs> Pow again. Pow again. Uh, so well, thank you so much for listening. And um, if you've gotten something out of this, uh, you may get even more out of our online support group. It is called Walt Place. Uh, Walt uh, stands for We Only Look Thin. We Only Look Thin. Um, and uh, it is a group for women only, uh, women just like you who are uh, trying to uh, lose weight, maintain weight, get healthier, get more fit. Um, it's full of, uh, you know, people who support each other and, uh, tips and tricks and challenges. And- yeah. And if, if you're the kind of person who is a self-starter, who doesn't need, uh, the support of others, eh, maybe not for you. Maybe yeah. if you're an upholder, maybe not, maybe Gretchen Rubin doesn't need to be in our group, but for someone who needs that external accountability, who maybe has, um, a personal life that you do, maybe you don't want to share everything on your public Facebook page. Maybe there's some vulnerability that you don't want to share, uh, then join Walt Place. It is uh, a great support community uh, and we are thriving. We've got subgroups for eating and for weighing in and we're reading the diet fix and commenting on protein. And uh, <laughs> do you want to comment on protein? Join Walt Place. Uh, Everyone out there is dreaming about commenting on protein. Yeah, and we're doing, uh, right now, if you sign up for a three-month subscription, uh, your first seven trial days. Yeah, you get you no could charge. try it for seven days. See and if, if it's like not it. for you, you could cancel and uh, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah, um, and, if, and if you want to just sign up for a one-month membership... Um, uh, you get a, f- a free three-day trial, no-risk uh, membership. Uh, check it out. See if you like it. Yeah. Uh, and if you have questions or if you have uh, any ideas on ways to stop or curb your nighttime eating, you can email us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, weonlylookthin.com. And if you'd like more information about Walt Place, uh, click on the link towards the top of the page that says join our support group. And you can also uh, contact us on that page. And like Catherine said, you can email us, uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. And you can follow us on the, the socials, on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams, and the Twitters at We Only Look Thin. So if you're still not sure whether or not you love Lorna Dunmore or Lindsay Buckingham, just remember <laughs> that Donald and I are an, an inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. Yeah. Nobody says it. Yeah. We're the first perp- peop- perp- perpins. We're the first perpins to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.